What will the Florida Gators' final record be for 2022? We'll talk about it on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryMSI.com. Before getting into it, just I'm gonna buzz, I'm gonna burn through this real quick. Like, subscribe, comment, review, do whatever it is. Let me know how you like the show. Let me know how you can make it better. And also September 1st, if you are in Gainesville, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, social at Midtown in Gainesville, there, live, Locked On Gators recording, September 2nd to Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, obviously, social at Midtown in Gainesville, live, Locked On Gators recording. Today, we're going to talk about the Florida Gators schedule. We're going to go game by game with my prediction. I said I'd do this once we get closer to the season. College football starts this Saturday, the Florida Gators start next Saturday, of course, but week zero is this week. So we're going to talk about this now where, like I said, I'm going to go game by game. I'm going to sound, I'm going to try to not sound biased. I I went through every game here and I was like, okay, this is what happens. I'm obviously not accounting for injuries that both at every team that we talk about will have to deal with. But for now, we're we're just going to go with how the rosters look and coaching staffs and all that. Obviously, number seven. Utah, week one, complete toss-up. I've said this so many times. Each team has their advantages. Each team has their disadvantages. And and so, and I do think that this on paper is a very close matchup. And that's also one of those things where it's like the, the humidity is going to play a factor. I don't care if you think it won't. It's going to play a factor into this game. Having a coaching staff with only tape from Louisiana and not tape with these Florida athletes available. That's going to play a factor, I believe. And, I mean, that's just what it is, and I think the swamp, the sound, is going to play a factor. I know someone in my comments last week was like, well, our stadium is just as loud. Big dog, I promise you, no, it isn't. Simple as that. So we're, we're talking about those now, where it's a complete toss-up of that. I've been saying it for months, too, with this Florida Gators team specifically. So much of it is projection. We'll get our answer soon, but so much of it is Anthony Richardson. What will he be? Uh, Prince Liam and Mialin as a pass rusher. What will he be? Jason Marshall and Avery Helm on the outside, which is still the duo that I predict will start. What will they be full-time, both starting on the outside, not just for a few games while Kyrie Elam is injured? Um, Trey Dean playing a lot of star now. What, what will that look like? And this offensive line, what will it look like? So much is just projection, where it's incredibly hard to guess, but I'm just going to go by what I think all those players will work out to be. And so I'm going to say that this Utah game is a toss-up. I I limit myself to two toss-ups as much as I think there might be other ones. I got two toss-ups. First one, Utah game. Then number 20, Kentucky. I think that's a W for Florida. Um, And it's not even – there's two games in this first stretch of four where I'm like, it's a W for Florida, and it's not because I'm like, Florida's going to beat them. Florida usually beats them. 
It's that I for Kentucky specifically, I am not bought in on Kentucky's roster this year. I am not bought in on Will Levis. It's hard for me to buy in when I saw a guy play the worst quarterback job that I've seen against a Todd Grantham defense. I, like it's hard for me to buy into that. So that that's my issue there. And yeah, Kentucky won last year in one of the worst played games from both teams that I've ever seen in a college football game. Uh, it, both of them were just horrible, messy. It, it was just bad football all around when Florida and Kentucky played last year in Kentucky. And I mean, we know what the noise did for Florida. And that's not even like, that's not even me going, oh, without that noise, that's a win. That's me saying, look, like that, that noise got to Florida and, and noise gets to players. And I think that we might see the same thing in Kentucky with Kentucky against Florida in the swamp. Also with Kentucky, you you don't have Chris Rodriguez last year. You don't have Chris Rodriguez who last year was a freak. He's suspended for the first three to four games. Kentucky, week two. So he's suspended for that game. And Wondell Robinson is with the New York Giants now. He got drafted. He saw, I believe it was 44% of the targets for Kentucky last season. He's gone. Like when you talk about a quarterback and you talk about can he do it without his top target? You only ask that question if they give you a reason to ask that question. That's what happened with Wandale. Like, like Wandale was such a huge focal point in this offense. Can Will Levis do it without him? I don't think so, but we'll see. Week two. Week three, it's South Florida. Florida W, obviously, here. Um, I think South Florida will be better this year than they were last year because they got Jerry Bohannon, and, and I liked him with Baylor. Um but I think with Jerry Bohannon now, like they'll be better. They'll put up more points. But I think this is one of those instances where the talent gap between these two teams is just so wide, especially with them going to the swamp. It's just one of those things where I, I don't think that you can really overcome it with just like, we've got a good quarterback now. I think there's a lot that goes into this, and I, I think Florida runs away with this one if we're being honest like this one has blowout written all over it even Tyler Fornis when he was here two weeks ago he was like look like Florida's gonna win this game but like if it's like a 30 point spread I might take South Florida because Jerry Bohannon can help them put up some points and that's true but again that's one of those things where I think the talent gap is just way too large between these two teams final game for this segment at Tennessee it's the first away game for the Florida Gators first road game which the noise at Neyland might might play a little bit of a factor into it. Well, play a factor into it. I still think this is a W. This is the same thing I said with the Kentucky game. Uh, I don't think that this team is very good, primarily because I'm not bought in on their quarterback. And uh, unlike Tennessee and Kentucky, um, I'm not bought in on Josh Heupel. Stoops, totally, totally think he can do it. I just don't think he's got the team right now. But with Heupel... I'm not bought in on him. He's regressed so often and in such a consistent pattern where it's like, I'm not bought in on him or his ability to legitimately turn this Tennessee team around. Um, They lost their top weapon, which just like Kentucky, but even on top of that, the difference between Kentucky and Tennessee, Tennessee's defense doesn't look good at all. Like, there is nobody on that defense, and I'm like, bro, they're a dog. Like, they're, they're just not there. Uh, so this Vols defense, like, they need to prove something to me. Because if your argument for, this team's back, this team's good, they're going to do this. If your argument or your proof for that is we can score a ton of points, you're in the SEC. 
we can score a ton of points isn't a thing. This isn't the Big 12. This isn't Conference USA, the American. This isn't any of that. This is the SEC. We can score a ton of points is not a reason that I will ever accept why a team is good. It, it could be a reason why they win a couple games. When your defense is that bad, you got to prove something to me. We're about to talk about that middle stretch of games for the Florida Gators. But first, a quick word from BetOnline, because if you think the Florida Gators will win seven or more games, take the over. If you think they'll win seven or less games, take the under. Because right now with BetOnline, the Gators' win total is set at seven. So BetOnline, which is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information, will give you your money back if you bet the over or under, and Florida wins exactly seven games. That is what we call a push, baby, and you get your money back there. Ties suck, but... Yeah, better than a loss, right? That's what I'm saying. Um, but Bet Online has so much you can bet on: football, baseball, basketball, soccer, tennis, hockey, table tennis, darts, Counter Strike Go, League of Legends, the economy, politics. Like who's going to win the Brazilian election? You can bet on. I think it's October. If you want to do that, you got plenty of time. Uh, you bet on if aliens will invade the Earth and who they will invade first, which is again a conversation that has been brought up so often recently, and I love it. It's a fun conversation to have but I suck at answering it. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. The ultimate college football preview is here, a seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts like moi, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one Spot search for the ultimate college football preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now we're looking at those that middle four stretch for the Florida Gators, and uh, this one gets a bit difficult. Starts off a little easy with Eastern Washington in Gainesville. W. Um, this is, I mean, Eastern Washington is the the Tennessee <laughs> here, They're the Tennessee of the SCS of the FS of FC. That's my lord. Uh, but th- that's that's what Eastern Washington is there. I think they could put up a ton of points. I think their defense is suspect at best. Uh, and also, this is similar to South Florida, where it's like the talent gap is going to be just, just too large between these two teams. And that's not a knock on Eastern Washington, but you're talking about an SEC program that's not Vanderbilt. So they have a very, very talented roster. Even Vanderbilt, a ton of, ton of good athletes. It's just... Not the best. Uh, that's that's not their focus, though. That's what they could do. They're Harvard of the South, you know. But, yeah, Eastern Washington could put up points. I don't think they could stop Florida from scoring points. And with this Florida secondary, it's going to be interesting to see Eastern Washington's air raid style. They're running or whatever you want to call it. They throw the ball a lot. It's going to be interesting to see what they do against this Florida defense. Next game is Missouri. That one is uh, it's a W for me for Florida. A new full-time starting backfield versus a new full-time starting backfield. Obviously, with Missouri, that they've got that new backfield. Florida, obviously, Anthony Richardson, Naquan Wright. So that's just a little fun matchup that we're going to see. But don't think it necessarily matters there. It's just a little fun fact that I saw. Um, I'm curious, though, to see how this Missouri offense will match up against the Gators' defense. Uh, it's not a Missouri offense that's really proven they could do anything. Like I said, new new backfield, so it's going to be – or new full-time starting backfield. So it's going to be interesting to see how they handle the rigors of an actual college football season and a full season. Uh, but it's also like I, I think Missouri is going to want to run the ball this year. I think Florida is going to be pretty good against the run this year. That's that's just me being like completely honest. I do think Florida this year is much more – 
well equipped to take on the run than they were last year. I think Javon Dexter at DN having whoever it's going to be at nose tackle, probably going to be Jalen Lee or Desmond Watson. It's going to be great there. I know Sean Spencer said he doesn't want people two gapping, like he doesn't want them to be um, identified as two gappers, but they're probably going to be two gappers there. And then Prince Liam and Meline was good against the run last year. I assume he's going to do the same this year. Brandon Cox Jr. The front floor, the front four is very good for Florida this year. I think it will be at least. And then just having fast linebackers that could chase and make those tackles and Ventron Miller going to be, I think, a pretty solid team against the run this year. Next game is LSU. And here is the second toss-up of the schedule. Um, I wanted to put Florida win. I did, but I think just like recently, it seems like no matter what is going on in either team's favor, things don't go well. Like, like when LSU had their insane 2019 season, Florida did a pretty good job against them. When Florida had their insane 2020 season, LSU did a pretty good job against them, you could say, um, considering they won. <laughs> so so you could you can say that there is a bit of a uh, a bit of a big game there for them, but yeah, this is one of those games where these teams always play each other tight. They always play each other well. It's always a great game. It's always a toss up. No matter what, it, it's just always there. I, I will say with LSU, I don't like or trust Brian Kelly as a new head coach. The new head coach is there. I don't like or trust Jaden Daniels as the new starting quarterback there, um, which I don't believe has been officially announced, but from everything I've heard, likely going to be Jaden Daniels. And look, I, I didn't like Jaden Daniels at Arizona State. I don't like him now. Uh, that's always been a thing. He's been riding the coattails of a great freshman year. Prove something to me, man. You're in the SEC now. Prove something. That, that's what I want to see. But also, I think with this game, being in the swamp is huge. Uh, this isn't something where Brian Kelly's played in big games, big stadiums, obviously. But being in the swamp is big for this one. How he's going to prep that team. How Jaden Daniels is going to prep that. Because Jaden Daniels has not played in a stadium like this. Uh, so, so that's going to be interesting as well. But I think it'll come down to, can you force Jaden Daniels to make mistakes? Because if you could force Jaden Daniels to make mistakes, you're going to have a very good time if you're the Florida Gators. Uh, don't think he's been a super turnover-prone guy. So I think if you could force those, it's going to be a great game for the Florida Gators. Uh, it's just a matter of if you can do that. But this is a toss-up. Like I said, this is one of those rivalry games where they're always close. It's always a tight game. Next game is the neutral site game in Jacksonville number three, Georgia. Um, this is, this is an L for me. Uh, that's just what it is. Like I, I love this Florida Gators team. Logic tells me this is a loss. And I've always said that a rivalry game like LSU, like Georgia, throw everything out, throw logic out, throw the matchup, throw the roster, throw everything out. The schemes doesn't matter. It's just going to be a bloodbath. Um, I, I still stand by that a bit, but I think that this year, it's still Georgia. Uh, we'll see what happens next year, but I think this year, it's still going to be Georgia. Um, I, obviously, their defense isn't going to be as good as it was last year, um, especially with Dan Lanning going to Oregon now. But I think their defense is still going to be amazing. Like they always are. I think their offensive line is still going to be very good, and their run game is going to be very good. It's a matter of if Stetson Bennett can kind of if lightning will strike twice for him 
and if he'll have another season where he can lead this team. But I think for now, this is a loss. Uh, we'll see what happens when we get closer to the to the actual game and see the injuries and all that. But for now, I think it's a loss for Florida. We're about to take a look at the final four games of this stretch for the Florida Gators, the end, the end of the season for them. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're looking at the final four games of the Florida Gators schedule. First off, at number six, Texas A&M. Uh, I think this one's a loss for Florida. I'll be honest with you. Um, and I, I think Texas A&M is very overrated. I think Jimbo Fisher is very overrated. Uh, and that's not even a thing to do with Florida State, honestly. that I kind of started feeling that while he was at Texas A&M. I'm like, you know, he gets quarterbacks into the NFL, but they, they rarely work out. Uh, Jameis is the only one that's even worked out to this point. So uh, I feel like it's like, he gets guys there and he gets credited as this like QB guru, but does, is he really like, does he really put these guys in there and in position to succeed? Um, but with this game, I think for Florida, it's hard to win at Kyle field. Anyway, like Kyle field is a fantastic atmosphere, which yeah, you can go off. Well, Florida's used to playing at the swamp. That doesn't matter. Even the Utah argument, they go, our stadium's just as loud. That doesn't matter. Because they're not that loud while you're on offense, while you're trying to make these calls, while you're trying to make all these adjustments. That's not when they're yelling. They're yelling when the other team is on offense. That's what it's like playing at Kyle Field. So I think Florida, it's going to be rough to win at Kyle Field with that crowd noise and that atmosphere. It's also a stacked Texas A&M roster. They, they do have a fantastic roster. We'll see what they can do with it if they want to actually do great things with it this year. Um but it's just a team where it's like, I think Kyle Field, the roster, they'll likely be clicking. We'll see. Uh, we'll see who's suspended or not suspended with like Aina Smith. Um, but this is this is a great Texas A&M team. They shouldn't be number six. Don't get me wrong. They're overrated. But I think this one's an L for Florida just mainly because it's Kyle Field it's all, and all the other out, outside factors. Next is South Carolina, which I think is a win for Florida. Uh, I believe in Spencer Rattler as a quarterback. I do have, I've been a fan of his. I think he was kind of shafted at Oklahoma, uh, if we're being honest. He's got they got Jaheim Bell at tight end. They've got Austin Stoner at tight end. But Spencer Rattler, which again I do like him. I think he's incredibly talented. I think he's kind of a d bag, but I think for the most part he's a very talented quarterback. Um, He's got an issue, though, with waiting way too long to throw the ball. And I don't know if it's a processing thing, if it's a decision-making thing, uh, if it's him looking for the big play, or if it's just that he knows he can scramble and he's good at that, so he's going to do it. But you're not in the Big 12 anymore. You're not playing You're not playing Kansas. You're not playing Texas Tech. No. You're in the SEC. Yeah, you play Vanderbilt. <laughs> but most of the teams that you play are going to be very talented football teams where you can't wait back there because they're going to have great defensive lines and they're going to destroy you if you wait back there. So a lot of that is can Spencer Rattler correct course in the SEC or not? But for now, I'm, I'm going to go with what we've seen on tape and I'm going to say Florida wins the South Carolina game. Next is at Vanderbilt for Florida. I mean, that's always going to be a win. Like, do I even need to talk about that one? That's always going to be a win for me for Vanderbilt. And to wrap up the season, regular season at least, at Florida State, I think this is a win. 
Uh, but this is another one of those games where you could even go toss up where it's like, well, it's a rivalry game. It's in Tallahassee. It's all this stuff. But I think when I'm looking at this game, I look at Mike Norvell, which I liked the hire. I loved it. Uh, and I still do like him. But it's gone downhill since he's been there. Um, Florida State has not done well. They're recruiting worse than they were before. Their offensive line is also just eternally a concern for them, which is weird because I thought that Mike Norvell would be able to turn that around pretty quickly, but evidently not the case. Um, That is what it is. Uh, I I think Jordan Travis, the Florida State quarterback, I think he's better than he's been given credit for. I think he's kind of had a pretty bad team around him. Situations haven't worked out the way they should have, but I, I think he's better than he's shown. But I, I still just like I'm like I don't know how they can win this game uh, handedly. Like I or even then I don't even know how you could look at this game and go, Florida State should win this game. That's a confusing thing to me, and that's one of the reasons why I'm going Florida winning that one. Just because again, I, I just I don't think Florida State should win this game. Uh, the final record that I have here is eight wins, two losses, two toss ups, and I think at some point Florida will. Win a game they shouldn't, which I think that one will be Utah. Uh, Utah is currently favored, a top 10 team. I, or not that I think it will be Utah. I think that Utah game is the most likely one for Florida to win a game they shouldn't. I'm not counting Kentucky or Tennessee because I think Florida should win those games. I don't think Florida should win the Utah game. Um, but I think that's the most likely one they will win if they win one of those games that they shouldn't win. Uh, I just think that all the all the factors, like I mentioned with the Texas A&M game, where it's like, the crowd noise, the humidity, all this stuff with Utah coming to Gainesville, I think it's going to play a massive factor. Um, and so I think Utah is the most likely game that Florida shouldn't win, but could win. Uh, and a loss at a game that they should win. Um, if I have to pick one of those games, I'd say South Carolina. Because uh, it's like right now I'm talking about if Spencer Rattler does this, they're a legit team. If Spencer Rattler does that, they very well could win that game. So... I think South Carolina is that game that's uh, the most likely one where Florida will be upset, but we'll see plenty of time. I can't wait. Football is back. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Tomorrow we'll be back to talk about the biggest questions for the Florida Gators in 2022. Now make your second listen Lockdown SEC hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida, right there. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work and video work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I will see you all tomorrow.